one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rule the Roost podcast. It's the international break. Nobody likes the international break. Well, I, I mean, I don't think anybody likes the international break over here anyway. I, I can't speak on behalf of everybody else. But there is still there is still a podcast. There's plenty to talk about. And so I'm welcoming to the show this week, Kimmy from the Koi's R Us or Koi's R US. I, I wasn't sure which way to say it, Kimmy. Which you way? know, we say it both ways. Um, Koi's R US, obviously, because we're four Americans that record a podcast and it makes sense. But um, it's similar to like Toys R Us and the logo and all that, too. So we we kind of go both ways. It's just however you like to say it. I, 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 I really like that idea as a, as a pod. Um, uh, there's a... Uh, there's a sort of a, a fairly famous old Toys R Us advert that they used to play every Christmas in the UK um, over here with like a with like an iconic theme tune. I'm not going to sing it to yeah. you now, and maybe I'll, I'll send you the link <laughs> to it on YouTube afterwards or something like that. But uh, it's where my head always goes to whenever I think of Toys R Us. So that's, that's and it. the the same tune was probably played over here. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. I yeah. won't sing it, but I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> um. So well, welcome to the show. Anyway, welcome to the show. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you. Let's 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 start on on the pod. Actually, um, how how did that all come about? Who do you record with? Yeah. So good. it's um just so my best friend, one of my best friends from college, Joel. Um, he uh, when I started following Spurs in uh, 2018, 2019, he plopped me in a group chat with three, two other guys and himself. Um, uh, a guy that he met, I think, just um, Ben. He, I think he just met him randomly. Um, I don't even remember where they met, um, but they sort of just connected. They were both Spurs fans and, you know, whatever. And then one of um, Jesse, other podcast hosts, he grew up with Joel. And so it's just four Spurs fans. I only knew one of them at the time. but So we sort of, for four years, talked Spurs together. And it was nice to have... A group of guys who, you know, as I started to get into Spurs, um, you know, give me some background. They have been following for a lot longer than me. So um, for me, it was just, you know, it's nice to talk to people about sports. I do that all over the place. Um, And then getting into Spurs, um, the podcast sort of came out of us just thinking the stuff that we talk about in our group chat would be nice to talk about on the pod. So uh, we sort of tossed the idea around um, in February of this year. We had a planning call in March, and then we recorded our first pod in April. And so I think we're up to 16 episodes so far. So we took a little bit of a break in the summer. We recorded just a few pods, but um, and the beginning of the season has been kind of busy for us. I was over in the UK. Um, two other members moved. So um, we haven't recorded as frequently, but I think we're going to start getting back to our um, weekly. We usually record on Monday evenings, and then we'll usually put them out on Tuesday. 
was going to say there's there's plenty of, if you've seen a fixture list in October there's going to be yeah, <laughs> a lot to talk yeah, about yeah there's going to be a fair amount of content um catch up so uh, you've you've already answered my next question which which day we can we can catch it on but um you've you've sort of touched on there that you you came into supporting Spurs in kind of 2018-19 I think it's, it's it's awesome that you've jumped on a podcast like straight away because I think as as I'm sure you're finding out already um, following Spurs, it's good to have that kind of that group therapy that you can <laughs> that yeah. you can kind of get into in a in the podcast form like that. Um, how did you how did you get into football? Because I do you know I'm not going to do the boring old oh Americans don't know anything about football stuff. I know it's a, it's a no. it's growing over there now, right? But it's still it's yeah, still not definitely. mainstream, right? No, it's it's not a mainstream. But um, so for me, it was I used to just be a World Cup watcher, so. 2006 I you know any tournament that I could find I'd watch but I didn't really know that much about who was playing um I just liked the it, it was just fun to watch and when you watch with a group anything's fun um in 2018 I well I'll say in 2017 I decided to stop watching the NFL um for my own particular reasons but for me it just wasn't something I was really interested in in keeping to watch. So I sort of like freed up my ability to get into a new sport. Um, World Cup 2018 was to me just an amazing tournament overall. It was fun to watch. And I was just like, it would be nice to do this regularly to get into um, to get into football regularly. So I sort of just said, okay, I'm going to pick a team. And there were a few other of my friends who did the same thing. We we're just like, okay, there's, there were probably like six of us and we're like, we're going to pick a team. And so I just went through and looked at sort of top six, but I already said, well, I don't really like <laughs> just being around in New York. I don't really like Chelsea fans. I don't really like Arsenal fans. And I don't really like Man U fans. Um, that was a blanket statement. And Chelsea, I mean, and, and Man City just didn't feel right as a, I'm a Knicks fan, as a Knicks fan, having just going to choose like a front running team also didn't feel good. Um, and then honestly, the England squad in 2018 was chock full of um, Spurs players and they were a decently fun team at that time. They're a lot less fun now, but um, to me it was like Spurs were still pretty young, exciting. They seem to have built their, um, their team sort of like the right way with you know, players just getting better progressively as opposed to just buying in people. Um, so as a person who just always liked development in teams, it just seemed like the perfect fit. And honestly, having a friend who also follows Spurs, I think was helpful. So, um, you know, that's just how it how it happened. And then obviously 2018, 2019 was uh, an amazing time to be a Spurs fan. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so it really, like that season really just like, captured me and I would say even by like December I was all Spurs and you couldn't tell me anything well I'm glad I'm glad that the uh, welcome aboard basically welcome to the pain but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, it, it is interesting because I, I, I remember tweeting about this before having like a conversation um, I was just interested to know why Spurs in particular do have quite a large following in America considering we've not really had much success or anything and quite a few of the answers were like well that's that's all kind of part of it like you know you're a good team but you're not great and it's it's nice to feel like you're a part of a journey of something that is growing as opposed to kind of like you say arriving 
they're at the end already with Manchester City or you know even Chelsea or somebody like that and it just makes total sense really um and I I'll also say the people that I've met through following Spurs is I think it's also been very helpful to want to, to have kept me as a Spurs fan in the very beginning like having those you know the three guys that I pod with yeah just to bounce stuff off because I've always been someone who I love sports like basketball I grew up playing it and so once I sit and watch something, I'll sort of figure out, you know, stuff myself. But yeah. having people to talk to about it. Um, and then, you know, supporters clubs here in the U.S. are big. And so um, going to see Spurs with Spurs fans, like that kind of stuff definitely works to it worked to keep me around quickly. Because there's a, there's a huge, especially because you're in New York, right? Am, am I correct yep. in saying? Yeah. And there's a huge kind of Spurs fandom there, right? In New York. Yeah, we have um, we actually have three different supporters clubs in New York City. So we have Brooklyn Spurs, uh, New York Spurs, which is in Manhattan, and then I go to Queen Spurs um, in Queens, obviously. So so yeah, there's a there's a pretty big following, um, and like we just started up Queen Spurs within the last year, and just to see how it's grown um, since just. Uh, it's been less than a year actually just to see how it's grown and every time we go into the bar there's a new person showing up um who follows spurs but may not have wanted to go into the city to watch them so it's been really fun with that too that's cool how how, how many numbers and stuff do you get because I, I always see these photos of like huge kind of packed bars at like 8 a.m and stuff like that of people watching games it's like it's it's amazing to me i think yeah, I think, like I say, ours is a little smaller of a club. Um, so I would say probably on our best day, we probably had 30 to 40. Um, but like I say, we're people are finding out that we're there. Um, so like I say, every time I go in, there's someone else I meet that's new. Um, and our pub doesn't normally open for the super, super early games, but we've actually talked them into opening for the <laughs> North London Derby, which is it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, uh, hopefully it'll be a lot of fun, you know, but this is, uh, we'll, we'll talk about this one in a bit because this, yeah, it's going to be yeah. an interesting one, that one. Um, yeah. I just think that's really, that's really awesome. I mean, you have, you have recently um, completed your pilgrimage over to to white hart lane or the tottenham hotspur stadium whichever way you want to call it how did you find that was it the first time you've been over it was my first time so i had plans to come over in 2020 for the north london derby but um that was going to be happening in april of 2020 so obviously yeah uh covid and all that stuff um made sure that didn't happen so yeah this is the first time i was able to make it over since then i think i actually picked a really good time to come uh because the team's um back on the up I think in 2020 you know it was middle of Jose and yeah that wasn't very fun <laughs> um but yeah I, I had a great time honestly um I knew a couple of people through Twitter that I connected with um Shuban just give him a shout out because he really really helped me out when I went to the first game I like didn't really know anybody he introduced me to a few people um you know, I was able to talk to a few people, got to feel like, okay, I'm here, I'm a fan. Um, everybody was very welcoming. Um, the game I went to, the first game was Fulham, which we obviously won, um, 2-1. And then I went to the uh, Champions League match against Marseille, where we won as well. So um, it was nice to see some wins. Like I know some fans who have come over from the U.S. a few times and they've 
not been to a win. So um, I felt kind of lucky in that way. Uh, obviously, you can't choose the results and you don't even really choose the fixture. Um, for me, it was just I had time off for uh, U.S. We had Labor Day off. So the I think it was like the fourth that Monday. Um, I had some vacation time. So I just used that time to to get out there. So, yeah, I did the stadium tour. I did the skywalk. Um, went to a few pubs. Uh, number eight. Um, where else did I go? Blue Coats. I went oh, to yeah. Blue Coats yeah. as well. Um, Antwerp Arms. And I went to um, the brewery that you guys have there in Tottenham. I can't remember. Redemption. Redemption, Redemption brewery. brewery. Yeah. 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 So so I went to a, a couple, couple, couple places. Um, did some stuff in the stadium too. So. Yeah, it was, I had a I had a really really good time. It's it's funny. It's it's pretty awe inspiring the stadium. I find because I'm I I do have a tendency, and I know I can be sort of a bit of a a sort of a grump about it sometimes because I kind of you know a lot of my formative memories were in the old ground before it kind of got destroyed, and I I, I obviously know objectively this stadium's miles better. Um, and I did during during lockdown when we were first allowed to kind of start doing certain little trips outside of the house i actually ended up doing the the stadium tour and the skywalk and everything like that and mm. uh it is it's pretty awesome isn't it like i i always yeah. tell my friends who are you know who live overseas and stuff when they come into the uk even if they're not spurs fans and they're asking me for things to do in london i will say just i'm not just saying it because i'm a spurs fan but honestly if you know you like sports just go and go and do the tottenham kind of skywalk and stuff like that because it is it's it's unbelievable. I I thought it was anyway. Yeah. I I thought it was really nice. Um, and like the stadium tour, just to be able to get in there and like see, you know, where the players walk around and um, honestly, just being in the stadium uh, after seeing it on TV for the last like three years, you just want to be there. Um, and I sat in the south stand both times, so uh, atmosphere wise, felt like it was great. Um, yeah, I I definitely recommend anyone who hasn't been to the stadium yet to, to get there. Um, it's it's huge, obviously, uh, which makes it a little easier to get tickets, I'd say, because I know in the past it, it, it was much harder for people to come over from the U.S. or internationally in general to see Spurs. But, um, you know, right now it's not too difficult and um, it's a lot of fun. Which uh, I'm interested to know kind of so far on your sort of supporting journey which which players have really have you taken to are there any kind of outside of the the Kane and Son are there any players that you're like I just I really like this guy and I don't know why but I just kind of there was something about them that you were drawn to at all so in the past it was uh Toby I really yeah. really just love Toby <laughs> yeah. um Richarlison is the new guy for me though like I just I just love him like everything He's amazing about him, isn't he I'm like, just <laughs> I'm yeah. just I'm literally in love with him I just think um what he brings to the team in, in terms of energy you can just like tell whenever he's on the pitch they're just gonna like everybody just picks it up just a little bit we find ourselves uh if he's leading the line we'll find ourselves up the pitch just 10 more feet um I I just I don't know it's just something about him that I think is infectious in the team and so I hope we yeah, you know, continue to see more of him, and he finally gets a a, a goal in the league. But and, and you got, I was happy to see him score. Oh yeah, I was Champions gonna say. League. Yeah, 
I got it an awesome video. I got the say it was the second goal, the one that uh, Hoiberg put in. I got it. I was just recording. Um, you know, we were chanting because it was right after the first he scored those two goals in quick succession. Yeah. So I was just recording, chanting. I think it was just oh, when the Spurs go marching in, and I was like, oh yeah, it's very loud. Let me get some of this. And I saw we got a corner, so I was like, I'm just gonna keep recording to see if anything happens. Um, and then yeah, was able to get the goal and. I'm, nice. I'm so glad you got a, uh, a a Champions League game in there because it's. Yeah. I'm sure you are as well, but it's it's, it's just as <laughs> the Premier League's great. It's awesome. The the league football and everything like what, what people say like the bread and butter, if you like. But the there's something about look, just Champions League football, European football in general is is pretty special. But at Spurs as well, there's just such a connection, right? With with kind of European competition playing midweek under the floodlights when they kind of wear the kind of the special all white kit with the the shorts and stuff like that it's i don't know i just i did did you sort of notice there's the a difference different, in atmosphere? there's a different energy yeah, yeah it definitely time, right? is a different energy um and i i'm also glad i got to experience it there's i, was, I don't think i've ever been to a game that well the only game that i've been to that i think can rival that was well, I went to go see the Knicks play uh, the first game that they were back in the playoffs after, like, I think it had been over eight years. So um, that, to me, and the Champions League are, like, the two best atmospheres I've experienced um, at a match or a game. It's the, it's just the one, is it? If, if anybody is, anybody listening, if you, if you want to have a game to go to, just go to a European game. It doesn't matter <laughs> if it's just, like, the, the group stages or whatever. Like, just, it's always a good night. Like, it's... Unless we lose, I guess. But even then, you can kind of try and find some joy you from it. Still have yeah. some fun. You can still have some fun. The only thing is, it's harder to plan for a European game. Like that's true. You you kind of know when the you like you'll know when the games are going to happen. But I was lucky that we got a home draw while I was there. Like I had planned my trip that I was like, okay, if we have a match, if we end up, you know, drawing a home match, I'll leave. On, I made sure to leave on the eighth. Because six, the sixth and the seventh were match days, but it was very possible that that game ended up being a Marseille. Just yeah, didn't know. We are, speaking about filming kind of uh, moments in European games. I had a, <laughs> I've still got it somewhere. I'll, I'll try and dig it out. There's just this, there's a video of um, I think it was the twenty. It might be like the twenty seventeen season when we were at, we were at Wembley Stadium, and we were playing Juventus. And it was a game when we we drawn out in Juventus, and then we were we were winning at Wembley. Um, we we were all over them for this for this part, and the whole stadium suddenly because Wembley had been so like it was just it was it was overall it was an awful experience playing there. It wasn't kind of it wasn't home. The the stadium's too big. It's kind of massive for most of the league games and things like that. It's like a hundred thousand seat and near enough stadium. Um, it's very far from the pitch and everything like that. And it, just the whole routine, everything around it just was off. Um, but it still kind of was decent because the European games are kind of showpiece fixtures. And that's really what a stadium like Wembley Stadium is made for, for big kind of showpiece games. And yeah. I, <laughs> I had this video because I, I think we were, I can't remember if we were winning two. I think they'd gone 1-0 up, but we came back and were winning 2-1. And we, it was just like a real sort of flurry of excitement. And the whole stadium for like one of the first times I'd seen it there was just like erupting and everyone almost unanimously just singing, oh, when the Spurs, just kind of full voice. And I was like, 
wow, this is awesome. And I was filming it. And just as I'm filming it, you just see Juventus running up the pitch and scoring and the whole ground just going silent, you know, other than this little pocket of Italian fans in the corner just going crazy, you know. And I just remember being like, oh, this is such like, there's such a gallows humour to this. And I sent it to one of my friends who is actually a Juventus fan and he was obviously loving it and everything. But it's... uh, it's just, it's, that, just, it's football, isn't it? It's where, it's where you got to take the, it. That was the lads. It's Tottenham match. Wasn't yeah, it? big yeah. like. Was, big it's time. like I wasn't a, I wasn't a fan, but that's something that I. It's like you, you learn certain things about the team, and that was one of the first things that someone sent me when they found out I was a Spurs fan. <laughs> and I was like, it's kind of shitty of you, but okay. Yeah, it was Chiellini, wasn't it? He just said, we know the history yeah. of the club. And you're like, cheers, man. Thanks. Yeah, I'm, g- I'm glad you know that. Yeah, yeah. That's, it's, it's messed up. It's messed up. Well, we'll uh, let's, let's, let's set our sights on kind of the the here and now. Um, it's been, a, it's, it's funny because objectively, it should be a great season for Spurs. We're unbeaten in the league. We're just kind of a few places off the off the top of the league. I think we're sitting third, but we're joint second technically with Manchester mm-hmm. City. But some it just it doesn't. If you if you look at the conversation online and everything, it it feels like it's not been great. I mean, where where are you at with it right now? I think we can play a lot better, um, but I'm pretty happy with the team overall because we're still getting results um and when you look at things like the xg it's not like we're being beaten by anybody um we're not giving up loads of chances in places that will hurt us and i think that's by design um that conte has the team drilled to not let people like a lot of times when you think oh that person has an open shot the shots get blocked. There's somebody puts yeah. their body in the way. Um, and so I just think in terms of possession, we at times just can't knit passes together. And that's kind of frustrating because we know the team overall has the ability to to play better. We've seen it. Um, and I don't think this is a, oh, they figured Conte out. I think Conte does, needs to adjust a bit. Um, because maybe they are figuring out some of the automations um, that he's putting into place. But uh, I think overall, he's a good manager, and he'll figure out a way to get the team to play better um, over the course of the season. And who knows? He might have just said, guys, we got a lot of games to play. We're not going to kill ourselves so that at the end of the season we can't sustain this. Um, so it's to me, it's 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 sort of a still wait and see Um because we still have guys that can come in and help the team. Like we haven't seen much of Basuma yet. Um, I think after the international break, we'll see some more of uh, Darty. Um, we also haven't seen much of Skip either. So I just I feel like there's there's moves that we can make and there's things that we can do. There there are people that we can bring in that even last year we didn't have. Um, I just think our team's deeper and it gives us the opportunity to play differently and you know after what we saw against Leicester it'll be interesting to see if we play a little bit more of that 3-5-2 yeah big time it's a it, it is interesting what you say because it it, it, it I, I am I have landed on the place now where I do feel like it's it is very intentional the the amount of possession we surrender to to the opposition because like you say it it's it doesn't always make for the kind of like the the most pleasant 
viewer experience, right? Kind of sat there seeing Tottenham not really kind of in control, if you like, in the in the conventional sense of a game. But when you do, like you're saying, when you do sort of step back and take a look at everything afterwards, even like the Chelsea game, where it's a horrible place for Tottenham to go, you know, to Stamford Bridge away, but they didn't really create that many good opportunities or anything at all. Um, and they did, they did punish us on the, I think they, they had that one glaring miss, didn't they, from Kai Havertz. But other than yeah. that, they they didn't really do that much against us. And I, I don't think there's been many games, if any at all this season, where I think like the, the Lisbon game, for example, was just a bad day at the office. You know, we didn't take our, we didn't take our chances and it caught up with us. But I don't think we played particularly poorly, poorly. No, you know, we, you know it we, was no, we, we didn't it wasn't great but when you look at the balance of play things were pretty even they just scored two goals in the, after the 90th minute yeah but, uh, and it was a, the second goal was great as well like it was a really yeah. great individual goal you know sometimes that just happens right that's kind of why we watch the sport because you do have these moments like Son Things. Son just did that against Leicester you know came off the bench and got a hat trick like it's that that was wild. <laughs> yeah, it was unbelievable. Like it's absolutely, but it sh- it shouldn't be. I, I say it's unbelievable, but it shouldn't be, right? Like it's 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 Son. We should know that there's uh he's got there. But we'll talk about him a bit a bit more in a in a while. Um, I just I'm interested to know like how you how do you feel about Conte? Like we all obviously we all know he's a great manager, but are you like you know are, are you do you love him? Do you th- like are you are you are you here for him? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty here for him. Um, Of the managers we've had since I've been a fan, Pochettino, Jose, a little bit of Ryan Mason and Conte, I think he, I really, really like Pochettino, but you could tell that the team, that he sort of lost the team. Um, And he needed, um, he needed better players to be brought in. He wanted to sell some people. He wanted to buy some people and that kind of stuff just didn't happen. Um, so I think we kind of let him down as a, a club and then the players sort of started to sort of tune him out. And that was just a recipe for disaster when it was all said and done. But I think Conte is the best manager we've had out of all all of them, I would say. Um, he might not have been the manager that would have done what Pochettino did, got those players from um, no, no, no one really know who they are to being premier league like top level players but he's the kind of guy that if you give him a team that's semi-formed already that they have an idea about how they want to play he'll come in and just galvanize them and i think that's what he did with our guys is he they they all love him if throughout this international break the only thing you've heard from everybody is how much they love conte and so if that's the kind of stuff we're getting from the team team loves him if if they're with him, then I'm with him. Um, but he can be very mercurial. There are times where I'm just like, Conte, you don't have to say that. <laughs> he, and, and I know he, he does that sometimes to try and get guys to respond. Um, and maybe that, and that's why he's the manager and I'm not. But uh, um, some of the stuff that he said about Spence, yeah, I man, I found was some of that. it to be a little unnecessary. But on the whole, I just, I think he's kind of what we needed when we when we needed it and i I just in my in my talking about manager i just totally forgot about nuno which is very interesting (laughs) (laughs) i think we all do though it's kind of i feel bad 
thing is, I feel bad for. I never really had any animosity for Nuno. I mean, I, I, I definitely had animosity for Nuno in the la, in that North London derby away when he just decided to not play a midfield at all. Um, but other than that, I just I don't know. I just felt like it was just a massive job for him. He'd just come off the back of like it would have been like somebody giving Pochettino a job just after the whole Spurs thing kind of coming to an end like it you know maybe he needed a bit more time out of the game and everything like that because I understand that that Wolves it was like a, it was you know it was maybe like a smaller version of what happened at Spurs but they still had a you know they had like an epic European run they had a great team unit where they all kind of played for each other he was idolized by the fan base there and it just kind of felt like he almost made this step up into a fairly more kind of it sounds awful to say, I suppose, but like a more kind of corporate environment in a way, kind of being yeah. at the, the top end of the league and playing in this massive stadium with kind of fans with like huge expectations now, really, as set by somebody like Pochettino, really. So it just felt like it was a little too soon for him. Um, yeah, I, I think we're we're not the club that goes after a certain calibre of manager, um, I think. So it's... It's 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 like hard for me to think about who comes next um, after Conte if that ever changes because it's really hard, isn't it? Right? Yeah, I, you you start going through the names and um, you're really, really like who who is next, and it might just be that we hire a young manager with some great ideas and he's done some stuff somewhere, but we might. We might have to give someone a chance again. Because annoyingly, <laughs> he's just gone to Chelsea. <laughs> that guy. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 the guy who I I would have liked, you know, after Conte. If I had a, yeah, if I did time. have a choice, that that was the one. Just because one, he plays kind of similarly um, to Conte with system. Um, he's good. He's okay playing a back three, and I think the defenders we have, we probably would. We probably want a manager that sticks with that. Um, I think the back three just works for us as a as a squad, and we're buying players for a back three, and we're buying players for wing backs. We're not, you know, what we're looking to do is is get wing backs in. You can see when we signed Destiny Dogi, he's a wing back's wing back. So um, I think we're probably going to end up sticking with a similar formation even in our next manager. So that also I think narrows the pool a little bit as well. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll just have to see how things end up with Conte. But um, speaking to those Juventus links, um, I just think we're in a better position than Juventus is overall. Um, and that would be the romantic place for him to go. But I don't think it's the the best place. for Like, I think the best place for him to be is just to stay at Spurs. As long as Harry Kane is here, I think he should stay. <laughs> Yeah, right. Because I mean, I, it, I sort of think of him going back to Juventus. It would be the same as kind of Pochettino coming back to Tottenham, right? It's there's plenty of time for that. Like if, if Conte does want to have the kind of the homecoming, I understand. The, the the thing that worried me about it a little bit is that it seemed to be through the sort of the various kind of discussion: will he, won't he go to Juventus? That although he had problems with the board at some point, which uh, <laughs> apparently it, it all culminated actually. And when he went back there as inter manager, he ended up like shouting and swearing at the director's box because they were shouting and swearing at him. He had like a full on, like, or I think he like gave him the middle finger or something like that. Cause there were people like hurling abuse at him from the director's box. And I think it all came to a bit of a head, but it, it, it people in 
the game seem to understand that he's got a better relationship with Juventus now and there is some appetite to maybe go back there one day. But right now, I mean, surely, I mean, if uh, my fear more is that he ends up going somewhere like Real Madrid. You know, that's the kind of... Yeah. The, surely he wants that kind of... Job. Yeah, job before he he goes back to Juventus because he, he's, he's young as manager's go really you know he, he's he got plenty of time to go back there and kind of sort them out again you know um and they're in loads of debt as well I think at the moment as well even so I don't think it's like a pretty pretty picture yeah um, I, I think into. the best place for a guy like Conte a guy who actually wants to buy people um wants to get like especially our, our team like you can you can tell in January we'll, I will probably buy at least one player in January and next summer we'll probably buy a few more um, the money is in the Premier League, uh, so I, 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 for right now, I think Spurs is the best place for him, and I think he sees that. I think what buying Richarlison showed a statement of intent from from Daniel Levy just to say we're actually going to spend a little money on players who, I mean. Five years ago, we wouldn't have bought a Richarlison. No, it just wouldn't have happened. He would have went to Chelsea. Hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's it's, yes. it's a commitment, isn't it, to bringing up the caliber of the squad, not just kind of either trying to buy first like players who are ready to step straight into the first team as a replacement, mm-hmm. or buying kind of young players like yeah, you know, Spence is an example of the kind of speculative spending that Spurs generally do and have have done pretty well, to be fair, historically speaking. Um, but it is, it is interesting what you uh, pick up on Spence because that's that I would say I really I, I really was not on board with Conte last year. I found it really hard with when we were kind of going through those losing streaks, and he had that he had that particularly kind of I thought petulant press conference after we lost to Burnley and people, Burnley, yep. yeah, and people kind of like you know people kind of like brush us off with these kind of. I don't know, almost like, I don't want to go too kind of deep on it, but these kind of like stereotypical thing, assertions of, oh, he's Italian, it's what they're like. I'm kind of like, well, he's a professional guy at the end of the day. He doesn't need to be kind of saying he's going to quit and walk out after a loss to Burnley. You know, I I wasn't really on board with that. But I feel like, like you said, because I agree with you, I think he actually, he has suddenly like looked around and thought, you know what? This there's real potential here to do something really good with this team, and I can be the I can be the guy, the one that finally cracks it at Tottenham. The, 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 I mean, that's what he something. did at Inter. That's what he did at Inter. Yeah. He was the one that finally cracked it. The, that championship had been with uh, Juventus for what eight years running. I think something and like he, crazy like that. He was he was the guy that came in and said, "Okay, I think I can do something here," and he did it. Um, which I was very surprised he went for Spurs, but. Um, I think we just, Man United was very idiotic. Um, I don't think he would have enjoyed being in there for too long, honestly. So I think he probably made the right choice, uh, to come to Spurs over them. But, um, I, I just think we were at a crossroads where we were floundering, sort of just trying to figure out what to do. Um, and, you know, Paratici, it seems like he has an idea. He had an idea about what he wanted to do. And he wanted to hire, you know, we wanted to hire Conte in the summer. He just didn't think we were the, the team for him. Um, 
And I think that might have worked in his favor. Um, the fact that he did say no and they came back, they had to come with a bit of an assurance to say, mm-hmm. you know, we are going to take this seriously. Um, and then in January, you see we buy two players that immediately fit into our first 11. And then in the summer, we again buy a player who immediately fits into our first 11 in Perisic. But we... We, we still do the thing that we expect. And, and that, you know, all good teams do. All good teams buy in different levels. They'll buy a guy who can fit in. They'll buy depth. And then they'll buy speculative buys. We should be doing all three of those things consistently. Um, just to keep the squad fresh, keep the squad, you know, we we do want to keep it semi-young. Um, and I think like, Richarlison is a, is, a is, a, is a good example of that. What is he, 25? So he's still pretty young. Um, but is premierly proven, and I think that was just a. It was honestly, I th- like I said, it's a good buy, a really, really good buy. Yeah, I, I just think for yeah, for for everything, isn't it? He ticks all the boxes for me, Richarlison. Um, do you? Because this is it's it's definitely true because we were we had that that awful summer, that managerial kind of race not even race carousel of going through <laughs> all these do you know what I mean like if it was a race nobody was winning yeah. basically it's yeah. it, it was just this horrible carousel of being linked to like this sort of litany of it was like a rogues gallery you know like these, we these... Were, it was everybody everybody and then like we we were interested in Potter and he did turn us down last mm. summer so it was like we were in a we were in sort of a negative perception, a place of a negative perception. The team, the squad, you know, I just felt like overall there was just a negative cloud over Spurs. And, you know, Nuno got hired and it was like, okay, there's something new. Then he, you know, went and beat City. And so you're like, oh, maybe this might be okay. And then it immediately turned to shit. <laughs> it's like, maybe, maybe he will make us proud. <laughs> This can happen. Oh no! <laughs> hello, hello, darkness, my old friends. You know, like it's yeah. just, yeah. He, um, a bit. I would, yeah. I don't. I don't really want to entertain kind of the idea of him leaving, but it, no. it, it's always going to be the the question with manager like Conte because that's just. That, I don't think that's us looking into things too much. It's just what Conte's like. We've seen that throughout his career. Um, yeah. Do you? Do you think personally that if we say finish in the top four, Genesis, we we get Champions League football? He, as you say, we maybe make a couple more signings in January. There's assurances there that he will get money in summer, but we don't win anything this year. Do you do you think that will be enough to for him to to stay on for that extra year that he? I think he still will have all the option to extend at the end of his. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. 
That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Contracts. I actually do cuz I think he knows that Spurs weren't in a place to challenge for champions shit like we weren't in a in a place to challenge for titles when he took the job and this summer was a step in the right direction i think we've i think he's even said that a couple times is we're not yet on the city level so i think he wants to win he's going to try his hardest to to have us win something but i think if we don't it's not going to be the nail in the coffin that says i have to leave um i think he he's i actually think he's enjoying building up these players, getting them to a higher level, getting them to perform. I mean, just the way we look at it, the results, like you say, they've we've gotten the results. Maybe the performance hasn't been where I even think he wants it to be. Um, our inability to hold on to the ball um, is something that I know he wants to fix. And hopefully, you know, as time goes along, that's the kind of stuff uh, that we that we do fix and gets, and to me, that thing right there, being able to just hold possession a little bit more, like 10% will be enough to get us up the pitch better. Um, and going back to that three, five, two, I, I think that's the way to do it because it puts more guys in the midfield and that's where we tend to lose the ball. It's annoying. Cause I, it looked really nice, didn't it? In that that sort of the closing stages of that Leicester game, it, if anything, it arguably enabled Son to score his hat trick. Um, yeah, it was I nice think it gave him the yeah, it gave him the platform to do right. it. Um, and, and it was nice to see Bissouma as well, actually looking kind of confident and comfortable, being able to kind of do his stuff, with knowing that he had Bentancur and Hoybier alongside him. Do you think that, because I mean, unfortunately though, with all that said, I I just have that feeling that Conte's just going to stick to his guns and he's not going to go. Because I would, I would, I think we're crying out for that formation against Arsenal, right? A team that yeah. loves to dominate the midfield, loves to dominate possession. If we can get in and sort of disrupt their own patterns of play. Because my, my, my fear with Arsenal is that they are, they're a team that they can create chances and in Jesus, they as much as I like to kind of start the kind of cultural between him and Richarlison, they do have a good player in in Jesus, and obviously a very good player that can score goals. And my my big fear is that if they if we allow them to kind of dominate possession in the way that we allow teams to and Arsenal like to do, that if we don't hit them on the break, because you know on the other side teams playing that way, it, it's usually as putty in Conte's hands, but if we don't manage to get them on the break, if our strikers are having another off day and they get a goal, they get an early goal, maybe get two before half time, they can just kind of shut up. And we sometimes don't always have that kind of creative spark there that we need to break through teams that aren't coming out to play against us anymore. Um, so it is a game I would like us to approach on the front foot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I would too. It'll be it will be interesting to see what Conte does, but I think Arsenal is the kind of team that is 
they'll leave spaces because they want to push up. Um, we saw that when they played Man U. Um, that was a game that I, I had. That's why I think I had like a great week. You know, we won on Saturday. They lost to Man U on Sunday. And then we won again on Wednesday. Um, and so I was watching that uh, match in a bar. And as the match was going on, like you say, Man U, I think they, they might have been tied 1-1. And then I think Man U scored a quick goal after halftime, and it was just Arsenal. So if we manage to get a couple, I think we'll be in a good position because they will just push up. They'll, they'll leave the spaces. They're very naive still in, in that way where they'll let you get in behind them. Um, and they're playing Ben White as a, as a right. He's playing, I guess it's a back three they're playing now. Yeah. Or, or they're playing a back four and he's playing uh, right back. And so I think if we if we can get some speed in behind them, we'll probably be able to score. Um, I can see Kane doing his, what he did against City, just knocking balls over the top Please. for people to run on to. <laughs> like, I, I, I can see that happening um, for sure. And Arsenal's just, I just don't think they're defensively strong enough to prevent that from happening. It's funny, it's interesting, isn't it? Because they are... They're playing with such confidence at the moment, and I, it's not all com- like they're they're playing very well. It's it's horrible to say, but they really are. But we we kind of saw there's there's still that I still think there's that little bit in them. Maybe because because they're a young team. Maybe it's because Arteta is at least what I got from All or Nothing and everything like that is that he's a very like it's very emotional. The whole Arsenal project it's very emotional, and when it doesn't go their way, it it hits them right that that manchester united game they were great at old trafford arsenal were great but they just they almost felt like affronted that manchester united would score against them and would would be it's, trying to beat them you know it's it it reminds me of pochettino spurs honestly yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it 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 looks very similar where if they manage to play their game then most likely they're going to win. But if you make it hard for them, if you make it difficult, if you put bodies in the way, they'll get frustrated and they'll push another player up and they'll leave the space. And to me, that's honestly probably how we play them. I think that's exactly what Conte is going to see. And he's just going to see the space that they'll create on their own just from being frustrated. Um, we just... You know, it's it's one of those things that... And, and my thing is, that even if they score a goal, I think he sticks with it um, probably for a little while. Um, because he he probably thinks we, we have the enough to, to score. And as hopefully Sonny is over his, um, his, his goal drought, hopefully that hat trick is what did it. Um, he did score a nice free kick. Oh, it's beautiful, for wouldn't it? As well, yeah. Like I think I as, after seeing that free kick, I was like, okay, I think Sonny has gotten his mojo back. Where, um, I, and what it is is we might not, we might be seeing just Sonny's gonna be taking a bunch of shots off the on the edge of the box. Um, if he if he gets the space, you might see him because a lot of times, I think even earlier in the season, he wasn't taking those shots. He was dribbling in, trying yeah. to get closer to the goal. Um, and two of his goals that he scored for us, obviously, were very much on the edge of the box, just took the space um, that was given to him and sort of put it in the top corner. So um, I think he probably should look to do that a little more because uh, we he seems to find himself in those spaces. Just uh, be ready for it. 
I think the one, one of the other things um, after seeing that free kick is like, can somebody please, please just sit <laughs> Harry Kane down, tell him that we, we really appreciate him. We love everything that he does for the club. Other than please, please just stop taking the free kicks. Please give them yeah. to Sonny, please. Because give them to Sonny or Eric Dyer. Oh uh, yeah, like that's that. Those are those are my two. Um, even Perisic, I think would would be good on uh, on free kicks. Kane Kane just needs to get into the box so he can be the one to poach on the ones that don't don't make it in. Like I think that's what we need to to sort of bed into his head is just he's always someone that will find that space and I think that's one of his best qualities is he'll find a way to to get space where there should not be any space and rebound stuff like that maybe that's what what's his name Vio needs to just dial into his head that like you're really really good at this thing we're gonna you know we're gonna take these uh free kicks but be there to clean it up like you might be able to get a few more goals just by doing that you're not gonna score them on the free kick we just i think it's like it's it's been proven at this point that he is not the guy for free kick yeah i think more than right it's just he's just he's it's part of like what makes him who he is in person what makes any kind of elite (laughs) athlete sports person where the way they are in terms of like I can do everything and I will do everything and I'm you know I've done enough for this club now that I'm 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 gonna have a tantrum and I'm taking the free kicks you know but just dude come on man (laughs) it's just yeah um it's it's a good point and Sonny I think's just improved on his dead ball just everything uh corners um free kicks I, I just think he that's one thing that after Erickson left we were just like who's going to be doing this yeah. stuff uh we you know we just relied on Erickson to do everything for a very long time and it 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 it, it was interesting to see that it, it I think it took like a year for Sonny to get comfortable taking corners um and that kind of thing but now you can see like he gets a few of his assists on corners now like it's pretty consistent I think he probably got three or four assists off corners last year. Um, so I, I'm, that's where I see his, his development and his growth over like the last two or three years. Um, and it's probably why when it's all said and done, he's probably my favorite guy on the team because he, he dedicated himself to us at a time where he really didn't have to. Yeah. Like when he signed that extension, it wasn't like, you, I didn't even expect him to sign it at that time. And it wasn't at a time where we were performing all that well. He was just like, he loves Spurs. He just wants to be here. And he, you can tell he does love us because he just, every year just gets a little better, just gets a little better, gets, gets a little better. And yeah, he went through a bit of a rough patch. Like any player does. Like every player has a drop in form at times. Um, I probably would have sat him a little earlier than Conte did, but... I can't really argue with what Conte did because the moment he sat him down, he scored three goals. <laughs> it's 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 crazy, isn't it? Because I I hit that point um, where I was like, you know what? Like, I, I love Sonny. I love everything he's done. But at the end of the day, it's a results business, and he's not produced. And as soon as like you know, you have that moment of being like, right, he's gone from the team. He comes in, does his hat trick. 
and he's sort of saying at the end he's dedicating the goals to the fans saying how upset he was that he'd let everybody down and stuff I'm just like I'm a horrible person <laughs> yeah, like, I don't deserve but, him at all you know but the the thing is is I I think but when when we sign a player like Richarlison when guys are struggling that it and it's not it's not a it's not a knock on Sonny. And I think a lot of people, it's like you, you either think you have to criticize him or love him and yeah. there's no in-between. Like, that, uh, there needs to be some nuance here. Sonny needed to sit. Yes, that needed to happen. Um, I probably would have done it against Fulham. That The game that I went to, I was like, yeah, we should probably start with Charleston today. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that, that was me. But... Conte was like, no, I want to stick with my guy. He's always been here for me, so I'm gonna be here for him in this in this moment. But the moment we and I and I think what it was is the moment we lost. He said, okay, I'm gonna change it. And and for him, he could say to Sonny, you know, we lost on Wednesday. Um, I'm gonna try something different today. And Sonny probably just had to take that and say, you know, to a man, yeah, we did lose, and I was a part of that. It wasn't just me, but. My performances haven't been up to par, and he's he only sat him for 55 minutes. I think he came in around minute 55, so um, you can tell he trusts Sonny still. It was, it was never any loss of trust. You could tell Sonny wanted to play, of course, but he didn't start the moment he got on the pitch. You could tell he just had a higher level of energy, and I think it was helpful we played Leicester because they're just terrible. Um, they're awful. A terrible team. <laughs> awful, aren't they? That's so bad. I was just, I was really actually annoyed that they scored two against us, you know? Like, just, what's that about? Um, yeah. It, yeah, it, I think it's just as well, they're kind of, Kane less so, but, well, maybe not in the coming months, but Sonny especially, I think they're, it's the first time in their Spurs careers, at least, that they've actually got legitimate competition now as well. So I guess there's, there may be other stuff there at play, kind of just juggling with the psychology of that, feeling that pressure of somebody like Richarlison there to take your place in the team if, you, if, you, if you're not yeah. playing well and you can get into your own head in a way. But, you know, I, I just... The thing is, the reason why I'm obviously, I'm obviously happy that Sonny's firing again, and it, from what we were talking about at the top end of the pod as well, as to whether or not Spurs are playing well, I think it, a lot of it has been down to the form of Son and Kane as well. I, you know, really, I think Spurs have been playing quite well and just in crucial moments, really. Our two generally reliable, historically record-holding front pairing are just, have kind of not, I mean, it sounds ridiculous to say, Kane scored six in seven, I think, this year so far. Um <laughs> But the, the two of them, like, it's felt a little disjointed. And hopefully now we can start to see them kind of going up through the gears. And in turn, that will probably push Spurs on. Because I think the thing that is, to me, that is so exciting about where Tottenham are now. And what I'm trying to hold on to is that we're where we are now. With, you know, with this kind of idea that we are playing questionably at times. But we're still there. We're still unbeaten. We're still level with Manchester City probably the best team in Europe if things start to click for us if if everything starts to go our way then our level can you know can go on even even more than this I'd I'd rather be where we are now for example than where Arsenal are now seemingly kind of playing at the the 
the sort of the limit of their capabilities right now because that isn't sustainable for a whole season, right? Like it, yeah. at least I can't see that being that way. Um, it, I like as I say, our team just kind of reminds me of Conte's Chelsea, very very similar to yeah. how they did it, where it wasn't always pretty, but they they won most of their most of their matches and. The, at, at times they would destroy you mm. so i just think we just have to keep working and, and the one thing that i know these guys are going to do and i know conte is going to do is keep working it's just it's just going to be a continual let's try and get better um and i think we have a squad of players that buy into that idea of let's try and get better let's try and do this a little better than we did at the last game um and if we, like I say, if Sonny gets back to the Sonny of last year where he's scoring every other game, along with what Kane is doing, um, I think for Charleston we'll probably start getting some goals in the league. Um, I hope we start scoring more goals because I have a bet that Kulisevsky is going to win Playmaker of the Year. So <laughs> hoping that, that he can get some more assists. I mean, he's... He's just unbelievable. I cannot believe how good he like he he already feels like an elite level footballer as opposed to like a promising youngster. He just feels like an elite footballer already, man. Like he's just he's yeah. He, he just he has all the tools, like everything that you need to. And you, and you look at him and when he's running, you're just like he's not. He doesn't look that fast, but he's very strong. You, it's hard to get up the ball off him when he has it. He's tricky, um, and then he just. His uh, his right foot, you know the way he, what is it? Does he cross with his right mostly? Yeah. He, he shoot with his. He, he shoots with he his shoots left. Shoots yeah. with his left. He, but he I does feel like the Arjun Robben thing. Yeah, no, I think he does. He and he does. He's got that like really interesting kind of like technique when he crosses the ball. He almost like jumps into the ball. Do you know what I mean? It like yeah. whips it. Just the way he just whips those balls and it's just. Oh. I love it's him. Beautiful. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. You know, like it's it's art. Let's just, you know, have that f- framed yeah. like a, a gif that can loop or something. And I'm sure they can do that it's, now in galleries, right? It's great to have him on the right and then um, Perisic on the left because you get a mix of, of you know, balls coming in from both sides. And, um, and to your point earlier, it's like, this is why it's like, Kane, just stay in the box, please. Like, <laughs> just stay up there and get on the end of like, this you this is what you've wanted yeah. your whole Tottenham career because mm-hmm. um, it is the international break this, we'll just end on this one just a, a little talking point um, the Argentine national team have apparently asked all of the all of their kind of squads respective clubs that their players will be allowed to leave early so they're essentially safe safeguarded for the for the World Cup Um that obviously hasn't gone, <laughs> gone down very well with many people. Where where do you kind of stand on that? Because I mean, like, I, I I'm sort of torn on on these kind of issues because I like personally speaking, I do understand that like international football, a player representing their country is very important to them. But equally, I do think like a lot of these players they need to realise that they do have a responsibility to their to their club and to the fans yeah. that pay a lot of money and enable to them, them to have these amazing wages and exactly and to see them and everything like that. Um, I, Romero obviously is our, is our player in question here who is arguably one of our best players. And I'm kind of having that 
that sort of juggle in my head as to whether or not do we want to kind of jeopardise a long-term relationship with this player over, let's say, one match or something like that ahead of the World Cup. Maybe we do need to look at the bigger picture, but still in principle, it kind of, it feels a bit wrong to me. But my thing is, don't you think the other teams would want to do that same thing? If, if, to me, what makes Argentina that special that they're the only country that's been like, we don't want to play, we, we don't want our players playing. Can we send them early? What, what makes you guys more special than Brazil, honestly? <laughs> I think they're hoping everyone will get a bit drunk on the this is Messi's <laughs> last chance to win a World Cup narrative, you know? It's like, I guys, not it's... everybody else cares. <laughs> you know? like... <laughs> right, right. So to me, it's it's just a... It was a very interesting ask. And I Argentina, and they did something very similar, what for the Copa America where guys weren't supposed to go and they just always seem to have something. Argentina just seems to be the country that's always making problems for clubs. They just, yeah, they Um, they took, didn't they? They took like Lo Celso, Romero and I can't remember, I think it was Lanzini or someone from from West Ham. They just got them on a private jet and flew them out the country. It's like, Guys, yep. they're not supposed to be like. I think they. I think it was actually like illegal or something tenuously when they were doing what it. What it was point. is, I think the countries that they were playing in was on like the UK's red list. Yeah, that's so, it exactly. So the guys would have to uh, quarantine for like a week or two after they got back. So basically, you're going to play these matches. We're not going to have you, and then when you come back, you can't play because you have to be in quarantine. So yeah. I, uh, I like them as a team, but I'm starting not, as we talk about it, I'm starting not to like the way they go about things. It's kind of annoying, isn't it? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it's, you know, I'm, I'm half Argentinian as well. <laughs> like, and I, <laughs> I, I still find myself getting annoyed with them. Like, it's, yeah, I don't know. It is like, please. Like, I think but you, you've nailed it now. I hadn't even thought of it that way in terms of like, what if every national team was just like, no, we just, we want our players. That's it. Like, <laughs> actually, from this point, they're playing, you know, the World Cup's in a couple of months now. So we're just going to put them in an intensive kind of training camp. Hope you don't mind, you know? <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Um, but it's this been a... This whole Winter World Cup will be interesting, for sure. Oh, yeah, it is indeed. It will It will indeed. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see the, the states the states against England again. We, they always seem to get pitted yeah. together in a in a World Cup setting um, during Thanksgiving, which was very funny. Uh, the The World Cup uh, it's happening during our thanks like it starts. Um, Thanksgiving is obviously a big national U.S. holiday. And yeah, and that's like football falls, season as well. Or American yes, football, yes, isn't it? it? It is, and so it falls right in that week. It starts that week, so I've decided I'm just going to take the whole week off. Yeah, <laughs> it's always a good. It's, I mean, that's what everybody's always saying as well. If we if we do manage to win the league at some point, I'm just having a month off. I'm just telling work. I'm not. I'm not coming in for a while. You know. Yeah. But uh, let's we've got, we've got all that to look forward to. But it's it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you today, Kimmy. Thanks for yeah, thanks giving thank me your you time. Thank you so much for on. having me. I've really really appreciated, Jack. Uh, I've I've had a really good time too. Thank you. And let's give the give the pod one last plug. What's the name? Where can everybody find it? When can they listen to it? All right. So the pod is the Koi's R U S podcast. Um, we are mostly on Twitter. If you want to follow us, um, it's Koi's R U S 
uh, podcast. Um, and we usually record on Monday, so they usually drop on Tuesdays. Like I said, we had a bit of a, our, our members were doing a lot over the last uh, couple months. So um, we're hoping to get back to once a week. Um, if not, we'll probably do it every two weeks, but I have a feeling with all the matches throughout the month of October, we'll get back to our weekly schedule. So you can usually find them on Tuesday mornings. Um, if we have something that comes up on Mondays, then they'll be there on Wednesday. And, um, yeah, just check us out if you, if you get a chance. Um, we have three other members on the podcast, so it's usually a, a, a good time. Um, so yeah, thanks a lot, Jack. And I'll, I'll put Kimmy's handle in the tweet and everything like that. So Give her a follow, get involved, listen yeah. to the pods, and uh, yeah, thanks again, Kiwi. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.